0: Heading to Rorotonga, then you need to get the unofficial official guide to Roro, and it's completely free. The helpful eight-page PDF gets you completely ready for your holiday to Rorotonga. Inside the guide, you'll find information on transportation, Wi-Fi, customs, SIM, e-SIM information on the cards, scooter rentals, and so much more. To get your free guide to Rorotonga, head to roropass.com guide. That's Raropass, R-A-R-O-P-A-S-S dot com slash guide. Welcome to the Keynote Podcast, your audio air bridge to the Cook Islands, and a show about what you will find and what you will not find in the Cook Islands. And here are your hosts, Chantal and Hayden.
1: Constitution. Recording today on the 4th of August, we celebrate in remembrance our day in 1965 when our islands gained independence and came under the authority of our current constitution. We have just had our annual Temaivanui Festival a week-long national culture and dance event held each year to commemorate our rich Cook Islands heritage. I am Chantal Napa, welcome back. Thank you for joining me today on the Kiorana podcast, a show targeted at highlighting the Cook Islands to audiences around the world. We welcome the news that Karen Rangi has been mandated by the government to be the next chair of the Arts Council of New Zealand, Toi Aotearoa. Karen's deep knowledge of our work in the arts, technical training and her deep cultural expertise and connection to the Cook Islands and Te Moana Nui A Kiva ensure a powerful perspective at the Arts Council, the group responsible for our governance work, says Creative New Zealand Chief Executive Stephen Wainwright. In addition to Karen's considerable governance, government and cultural knowledge and experience from sitting on the boards of Radio New Zealand, Te reo Irirangi Otoi Aotearoa, New Zealand on Air, Irirangi Te Motu, and Te Papa Tongarewa, the Museum of New Zealand, including our local Cook Islands Investment Corporation, Karen adds terrific context to our work in the arts and culture space, building on the legacy and significant contribution of the many Wahine, Māori, and Pacifica who have been leaders in the arts and for our communities. Welcome and Kiorana Karen Rangi.
2: Kiorana Chantel, Kiorana Teira or Tamato Constitution. I know, isn't it wonderful the
1: to Tamato the awesome. Constitution there I, I actually think it's, I was supposed to interview you today on this day. On this day. Thank you to Topopopaite for introducing me to you. Karen, as a professional board director, <laughs> please talk to me about this as a career choice. In a statement, you said, I like being at a decision.
2: Meeting table. It makes it sound like it was a deliberate plan, but it wasn't really originally. Uh, There was an opportunity come up to sit on a board for the National Pacific Radio Trust. They wanted someone who had accounting expertise, which I had. Uh, Someone who was of Pacific descent, which I clearly am as a cook islander. And it was a new patch, and I was really interested in the radio, in the power of radio. And what radio does for people's identity. So I put my hand up, not knowing at all how you'd be a board director, and thought I'll figure it out when I get there. It was, um, it was a real baptism of fire. But I realized, even despite that, that I liked being at the table where the decisions got made. And then I realized as I looked around at other tables, I thought, I don't see any other Kochalanders, let alone Kochanas woman. So it made me a bit more determined to for that to be my pathway.
1: And that was 2002. Yeah. yeah that was yeah. 2002. New Zealand National Pacific Radio Trust, uh, NPRT, that was your first board and you were treasurer. And you signed the $17 million cheque for the transmitters. And I remember you were saying you were so young and you were like,
2: wow, this is a huge decision making. Yeah. My hands were shaking at the time. So um, <laughs> and it was to buy all the transmitters for the country so the radio could be a national network. Um, <laughs> So it was it was exciting. It was hard. It was um, new. It was mm. risky, mm. Uh, and I was on that board for two years. But it gave me enough of a taste to say, "This is what I want to do." And you had a young family at the time. Yeah, we had our boy was two, mm. and that was hard too. You know, it felt like having two children. Actually, having yeah our, our baby and also having this new baby was mm. this, this this board that I was a director of. And I stay a baby because I you feel like a parent. You're responsible for it. You the buck stops with you, yeah.
1: And so you always love dancing with well, a passion <laughs> for Cook Island's Maori dance, music and cultural history. Tell tell us about this
2: place. Oh, my my dad has always been a good drummer, composer. And even though we were born in New Zealand, Christchurch, and then lived in Hawk, Spain it was important to our parents that we maintained our culture. So we had our church youth culture group right from when I was 10 to when I was 21. And I, I loved it. And even though I was incredibly shy as a child, I wasn't shy in the dance floor because uh, I really, I loved the singing. It's the way I could express being in Cook Islander. It, was, it helped me with my language. Um, were having Cook Islanders living in Port mm. space, it was a bit of a novelty. Uh, it helped help keep me skinny, like all the good things in life. Right? <laughs> it does. <right?
1: laughs> and you just kind of are able to express
2: and just, yes, yeah. Yeah, it, it was interesting though because it was a way of, in a bigger country, putting a stake in the ground to say, this is my identity. But it was a little bit like leading a double life, right? I went to a school with you and no other Cook Islanders apart from my brother. So there's nothing in my day life to connect to a that, and then at nights and weekends it was everything about being a so there was a bit of a struggle for a while uh, until I realized that actually I was quite lucky to have, have both um what was the struggle I was trying to explain to other people no I'm not a I'm not a Māori will you say I'm a Māori yeah um and that's
1: what this thing is yes. your ONZM award received in 2018 officers of the New Zealand Order of Merit. Please tell me about this.
2: So these are the Queen's honours that they give to New Zealanders. The Order of New Zealand is the is the New Zealand uh, system. Now, so it used to be the old uh, Queen's OBE and stuff like that, the British system, so it's a New Zealand one. Um, what it says on the bit of paper is that it recognises Significant national contribution to a particular field, in my case, governance, so to boards, and also to Pacific communities, because that's where I've chosen to put my efforts, because that's where I see the leaders. So, which is why a lot of my boards are Pacific focused. Um, yes,
1: because you've got the, this one here as a board of director of the Cook Islands Investment Corporation, I'm really interested in that in the ratonga. um Please talk me through those responsibilities.
2: Yeah, well yes. to, to put those into context a bit, I guess if you look at the portfolio, I've got a portfolio of city boards at the moment, and they're mixed, they are mainstream on one hand, so the Arts Council, Radio New Zealand, um, Te Papa, mm. so these are all New Zealanders, and then I have Pacific Home Care Services that I chair, mm-hmm. so elderly and disabled home based care, mainly Pacific, uh, Pacifica TV, which of course you guys see over in in the Cooks, and Leva, which is Pacific Mental Health. So I've got kind of a, a, a good mix. Um, but the opportunity to be able to take that experience and contribute it back here was just too good to turn down. Um, and back in 2014, um, now Prime Minister Brown, but then at the time Minister of Finance and Minister for CIC, um, and previously we, we had worked together, said to me, I really want to strengthen the government's capability in this country, and we don't have people who get enough experience because there's not enough thoughts, right? Yeah. You see, this is something we could do. And I sort of felt for the first time it was something that I could contribute without taking a job away from someone, and something that I could share and on share and transfer. So, not just come and do it over off home. And I could still be based in New Zealand but contribute. So, it's been the ideal job for me. And I didn't even know there was going to be a job like that.
1: Because here in the Cook Islands our level of contribution and responsibility and our decision making at a governance level that you're a professional at, um, could this be
2: improved, do you think? And if so, how? Oh look, I think it could be improved everywhere. That that includes the wards I'm on in New Zealand. So the Cooks is not alone in that. But with us having such a small population, it means people don't get a chance to practice it as a profession, and that's what could be, because mm. you don't get enough opportunity. Mm. So it's not that we're short on skills. We have got great people who've got skills to contribute to boards. Um, what did need to be improved, though, was a more robust system of identifying those people, um, recruiting them to come onto a board, inducting them properly, and supporting them and training them while they were there. So six years ago there wasn't a system, now there is. So we, if we want to be on the board in this country for the commercial parts of government. You have to sign up to a database, um, and you have to demonstrate what set of skills you've got. You have to sign up to agree to go to training, because we say this is a profession you need to keep continuing to improve. Um, you've got to be really committed to the work, and you know, I've always said to people you're on a board it's not for the faint hearted I think people think it's easy right I put no it's not
1: but I do remember I was like I wrote that in our little notes here because you know you're you're like what's your been your greatest challenges in the world of governance um, in another statement you said skill sets needed to sit on boards are not for the faint hearted
2: I like this Yeah, and I think skills, in fact, probably technical skills are the easier things. Lots of people have got technical skills, so I can bring accounting skills, for example. What's not for the faint hearted is that you've got to have courage, you've got to have independence and objectivity, you've got to be, you know, speak Mm. your mind, you've got to be prepared to call out bad behavior of your other mates, right? And in fact, you're Your board members that you sit with, they don't have to be mates, but you do need to understand each other so you can collectively make good decisions. So you've got to to work at it. It's it's like a marriage. You have to work at it. What a good metaphor. Yeah. What a good
1: metaphor. In 2012, um, a Tangata Pacifica interview, I'm referring to a statement you said, we've got to value ourselves before we can get other people to value us. In your personal and
2: professional view, how could we or anyone achieve this? <laughs> so that is the underpinning nature for the Cook Islands World Domination Movement, which started off as a sort of a, a bit of a joke between a few of us about wouldn't it be great to have Cook Islands World Domination, but what was underpinning? Say so if we looked around and appreciated and valued and acknowledged the amount of success that many of our people are having in different fields, um we would be unstoppable. We would be dominated for the world. Because for a small population, we have got some fantastic talent. But the value starts here with ourselves. We can't expect other people to say, oh, let's go and get a Cook Islander. If Cook Islanders themselves don't aren't proud of what we can achieve. And you know, I, I understand the whole thing about the importance of being humble. And so there's a difference between being proud and arrogant. But you know, why do we, why is it that we send our children away to get a better education? Because we want them to do well. And surely the next step then is being proud of them that they do, proud of them that they do well. So yeah, value ourselves first before others
1: do. As the chairperson for Creative New Zealand Ministry of Arts and Culture, what are your thoughts on arts and culture here in the Cook Islands? Um, Are there any areas that you think we could strengthen?
2: Um, The whole thing. So uh, I think we've got huge untapped potential for a creative industry here in the Cooks. What we have to change is our view that it's only valid in, in the context of tourism. Our culture is what makes us different to anyone else in the world. And again, if we're not feeding it, growing it, Valuing it, appreciate it. Nobody else is going to. Why, why should they? They're not Cook mm. So I think we've got to think more broadly than just uh, arts and culture as a contributor to tourism. It is an industry in itself. Global research shows that organisations that are, uh, communities that are strong in arts and culture are strong in community being and that helps to make communities prosper, flourish, and really strong in their identity, so it's, it's not hard, really. And we we we've got to keep start makes all of the other communities. We've got plenty we to celebrate, but we we've got to celebrate it. Karen,
1: we need more people at your level, okay? And any advice to a young aspiring youth on how to begin? how they would pave their way to also become a Pacific community voice with our Cook Islands
2: issues and concerns at heart, like yourself. One of the things, particularly for younger people, well, it's been a bit of a myth for a long time, that in order to be a good government, you have to be old. So I don't buy that at all. I wish on some of my boards that I had younger voices who are more experienced in a generation in a world that I don't understand, because I'm not young. So I'd say to people: if You're interested in being part of decision-making structures. You think about what you've got to contribute. Uh, and I'm, as an example, I'm in a mentoring arrangement with a young Samuel woman who's half my age, but it's a mutual arrangement. She wants me to help her with current governance practice. I want her to help me work out what a new governance model is going to look like for her and her generation. I don't know, I'm I'm not 23, Mm. So, um, because my job is to make the space for the next lot of governors to govern the way they want to govern, not just like how we do. Thank you. Do you
1: have any um, closing thoughts today, Karen, because I know you're catching an aeroplane and I really appreciate you sitting down with me. She's about to check in, everybody. (laughs) So I'm so pleased that you um, managed to sit down with me. Anything you'd like to sort of close with today?
2: I've been having discussions over the last couple of days with my good friend and chief executive of the Country since Services, Hamish Crooks. And Hamish is a so fellow Cook Islander, lots of governance experience. And we've been talking about just the importance of being more conscious about building our leaders. <clears throat> Again, I'm really biased. We don't lack leadership qualities. Um, we don't lack people with good skills. But what I think we do lack at times is um, just as a community, being a bit kinder to each other and appreciating what we do have and not worrying about what we don't have or what other people are doing. You mind about other people. Look at what we're doing and what we're not doing. So I just think we've got so much to celebrate. Our younger people our older people, so why aren't we? Beautiful. Thank
1: you and me to our guest, Mrs. Karen Rangi. It's been a genuine pleasure, and I'm so grateful to you sharing your knowledge and story with to me today. We'll catch up again when you're home. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. This is a passion project for me, and I appreciate you all listening into our Cook Island stories. Kiorana, may you live long. ra, farewell. And Kia means good luck and good health. Yeah.
0: Thank you for taking time to listen to the Kiana podcast. If you love the podcast as much as Chantal and myself love making these podcasts, we would love your financial support. We sadly cannot run this podcast on coconuts alone, and we would love some financial support to help make this an even greater success. If you feel compelled, head on over to slash donate to donate. Have a fantastic day and thank you so much for your continued support.